1: The Italian government of Giuseppe Conte has irritated the United States and some European Union partners in March when it publicly endorsed President Xi Jinping's One Belt, One Road investment programme, which aims to create a modern version of the Silk Road across 80 countries. Despite heightened concerns that Chinese operators such as Huawei may have a double agenda of spying on the West, Rome has even pledged to cooperate with China in the field of telecommunications. I sat with Michele Geraci, undersecretary at the Ministry of Economic Development in Rome, and the government expert on China to find out more about the agreement. He told me Italy has been too passive in its relationship with Beijing. And it's like in France, Germany and the UK when it comes to goods sold to the People's Republic. The memorandum, he says, is first and foremost a marketing tool to sell more bottles of Chianti and red blood Sicilian oranges. Yet, the minister also admitted that China has not given Italy any guarantees it will lower its trade barriers and that this would require a concerted EU effort. So Michele Geraci, welcome to the exchange. You are the Under Secretary at the Ministry of Economic Development in Italy and the architect of Italy's China strategy. You're a China expert, you've lived in China for a long time, you've been teaching at universities there, you're fluent in Mandarin, so it's very exciting to be having this conversation today, just weeks after Italy signed a memorandum of understanding with China endorsing President Xi Jinping's One Belt, One Road investment program, which uh, uh, is an attempt, we could say, to create a new Silk Road, a new, let's say, connection link between the East and the West. Now, Italy, if we look back in history, has had strong trade links with China that stretch back all the way to Marco Polo's travels and the Venetian trade. Is this accord today an attempt to rebuild that special bond through infrastructure deals? What is this accord exactly about?
2: Well, thank you for the for the invitation. Uh, this is uh, a, like you rightly said, uh, a uh, ongoing relationship that Italy has had with China over the last uh, centuries. F- after Marco Polo, we also had the Jesuit uh, Matteo Ricci, Martino Martini, that went to China, and uh, also in 1970, Italy was uh, one of the first. Uh, uh, Western countries uh, to recognize uh, and establish economic and diplomatic relationship uh, with China, uh, next year we will uh, celebrate the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, previous governments in Italy, Mr. Gentiloni, uh, did attend the first belt and Road forum. so for us, this is a, a continuation of what has been done over the last few years, and perhaps uh, over the last six months, we have accelerated this process. Uh, I have made uh, an effort to uh, try to transfer to the Italian general public, uh, my colleagues in the government, uh, both the uh, opportunities uh, and uh, and the threat that uh, China's rise uh, can pose to Europe. And uh, with that uh, uh, level of analysis, uh, we have decided then to uh, sign up uh, to the MOU on the Belt and Road. Like you said, an initiative that tries to develop infrastructure uh, between East and West, between uh, China and uh, Europe and other parts of the world. And you know, roads bring goods, but also bring prosperity. So, uh, for what we see, it is a ex- peaceful initiative that would bring uh, benefits to not just uh, the countries involved, Italy and China, but also to all countries in the middle of the Silk Road.
1: So just to sum it up maybe for um, some of our listeners, is this really an attempt to bring money to Italy, if I say it so bluntly, to, to sort of help maybe boost some infrastructure spending in the country at a time when the economy is stuttering a little bit?
2: uh, There is that, but uh, uh, Chinese investment in Italy uh, has not been very high. Uh, We we can try to boost it, but even a significant increase would not make a a major change to the Italian economy. What is uh, instead the the variable that could make change is the boost in exports. Because this is uh, what Italy lags behind those other European countries. Italy exports to China 13 billion euros. France and the UK roughly 1920, even Switzerland more 22, uh, Germany 87. And this has uh, been due to the fact that it Italy has never had a systemic approach to the trade relationship uh, with China, has never fully understood the, the growth potential of China. There has been a little bit of an ideological um, barrier to dealing uh, with the China. And now we want to basically catch up with the time loss. So, my goal, uh, a numerical target, is to make sure that Italy is 13 billion, reaches as fast as possible, France and UK is 20 billion. So we have a gap of 7 billion, and uh, uh, that's uh, uh, almost uh, a little bit less than 0.5% of the GDP of the country. So that in itself would be a major it's boost. Significant, to significant uh, definitely
1: yes. significant. Okay, so <coughs> just two aspects. I mean, infrastructure, let's say investments, if you want, one hand, into Italy, but boosting exports to China as well. So So let's talk about, again, infrastructure a little bit more because, as you know, not everyone views um, the One Belt, One Road initiative by China as as a peaceful initiative. I mean, the United States is particularly wary, as you know, they view that as an attempt to increase the geopolitical clout of China, and they are in particular wary of investments in telecommunications. Now, when I was reading a draft of the memorandum, I did see that telecommunication is included. Um, Isn't that uh, uh, potentially a risk? What uh, is Italy doing to prevent that know-how, for instance, is not transferred unduly to China?
2: We do and will continue to do the same things that we've done always. It's business as usual. In no way this memorandum changes uh, our protectionist view of our industries, of our know-how, national security. You know, we are the Lega. So if anyone in the Italian uh, political uh, spectrum uh, takes care of protecting Italian's interest, this is us. And so this MOU would never overrule, would never override current legislation, the Golden Power, protection of incoming investment, uh, uh, screening mechanism that we do have in uh, Italy, preference that we do have uh, for Greenfield rather than for M&A, this is all decided at national level and uh, I I emphasize in no way this MOU that has no legal status would alter that. If anything signing this makes us a little bit more alert to potential predatory Mm M&A and I have personally been one of the maybe promoters of uh, how Europe should be careful of uh, uh, incoming predatory MA coming not just from China but from any country around the world and this is why in our government we do prefer Greenfield mm. because Greenfield um, uh, investment uh, does not uh, take know-how away. It, it builds uh, something that did not exist before. It's an expansion of existing capacity and from an economic point of view every dollar of uh, FDI incoming is one dollar of uh, GDP growth and it does create uh, employment whilst the m uh, do not. So we uh, are as alert uh, as ever, and all those worries, uh, concerns, raise that this MOU may lower the the threshold. No, it actually raises it.
1: Okay. Why did Italy, Italy is a G7 country and mm-hmm. the first G7 country to sign up to the One Belt and Road Initiative, why did Italy decide to accelerate, if you want, on this path, and, and go almost alone, you know, without a sort of a concerted effort. I mean, do you think that Italy's initiative undermines a little bit, maybe a the potential joint position by the EU on China?
2: Well, the EU, in the EU already 13 countries had signed for the Belt and Road MOU, so uh, Italy is not the first country to do that in the EU. And uh, you talk about EU concerted effort, uh, Greece, Portugal, many other countries have signed already this MOU no one had raised uh, major concerns and so in a way Italy again is aligned with its own policy to do trade. This is for us a tool to boost export. and uh, I want to be clear, in Europe uh, we compete with each other. We do not coordinate efforts, uh, Italy, France, uh, Germany, the UK. We coordinate uh, on uh, trade policies but we compete on trade promotion. Mm-hmm. And this is for us a trade promotion initiative, again, to boost our export. I said 13 billion, I want to make sure it turns into 20. I cannot coordinate this with France. I cannot go to my French counterpart and say, I have good news. I want to improve Italian exports at the expenses of uh, uh, French wine. I want to sell Italian wine. And so there is A, no need to coordinate. In fact, we could not coordinate. Two, we are not the first in Europe. So, in, in no way, this is a split or a divergence from the European view because Europe cannot have a view on trade policy, sorry, on trade promotion. And other 13 other countries have signed already.
1: I understand that, but <clears throat> if, I, if I think of Germany, for instance, they, in particular, after the Kuka issue, you which you will remember, where they got really concerned about this loss of know-how. They've they've raised the China issue. They've kind of considered some of these deals as uh, as Trojan horses, you know, with the aim of infiltrate Europe. So that's I my
2: d- that's my sentence. I've <laughs> told them. I've been saying this for three years. Be careful of uh, China uh, using uh, the weakest link in Europe as a Trojan horse. Indeed, uh, when the acquisition of Kuka was uh, was uh, the, um, was done, I was. Uh, I I had to express concern and suddenly then Germany woke up to the idea.
1: Okay, so you don't feel that Italy could be exploited as a weak link, let's say, within the broader European context. No,
2: because uh, we uh, are not in favor of having incoming M&A.
1: I see more greenfield, as you were saying. That's, more that's your field. that's yes, your uh, approach. Okay, let's talk about boosting trade, because I mean we've discussed investments, but you know boosting trade is the other aim of the accord. When the memorandum was signed, I also saw the announcement of uh, deals for Italy worth 2.5 billion euros. Um, that kind of looks a little small if compared with uh, what France announced just a few days later. I mean I think they announced deals worth. 30 billions, if I am correct. So, isn't it a little bit too tiny? I mean, the, this, this, this small amount, considering the political boost in a way that Italy is giving China by endorsing its strategy.
2: Well, you see, the fact that Italy only did the 2.5 billion of deals and France did the 30 billion is uh, not the effect of the MOU, is the cause. So it's a direction of uh, cause and effect that uh, it should be seen in a different light. Mm. It is just because our deals are little and other countries' deals are a lot that we do sign the MOU. So the numbers that we saw a few weeks ago are not the outcome of us signing the MOU. So it is incorrect to say, oh, we signed the MOU and we only got 2.5 billion. The way to see it is because we only get 2.5, we signed the MOU so that 2.5 becomes 10.
1: I see. Will there be more coming? I mean, we know that uh, Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte is going to the One Belt, One Road Summit in just a few days, so is the expectations that, you know, a bigger chunk of such deals may be uh, announced and again, what are the areas that you're targeting for these sort of deals?
2: We're targeting uh, uh, boosting exports in the areas of uh, food and beverages i give you figures, uh, just take wine, Italy sells to China roughly 130 million euros, France 900. So closing that gap already brings 600-700 seven, uh, million extra and that's already a big boost for export. We have also fashion industry, we have uh, pharmaceutical products and machinery that can be further sold into uh, China and this is on the trade. In terms of investment. Uh, Uh, Again, I said it is not something that would make, because we are only looking at a very few hundred millions of investment. So this 2.5 billion was in line with our expectations. We do not expect any major incoming investment. Uh, Greenfield is good for the development uh, of a new operation, but it it is going to be very limited uh, in the amount. We're talking maybe an extra one or two billion. And so the focus uh, that we have uh, is on uh, selling more of Italian goods. We had uh, uh, gas turbines uh, being sold, Uh, we do have uh, other type of machineries. And in a way, uh, we know what our strengths are. Uh, We do not expect uh, big changes uh, that uh, will occur during the Belt and Road Forum when Conte uh, will go there. You know, this is too soon. We need to catch up with 20 years. of Italy having, um, uh, in a way, taken a very passive role in the relationship mm. with China. I, this cannot be filled in one month.
1: No, I, I understand. Okay, that's, that's quite interesting how, y- how you put it in context, Michele. Um, my question, however, is has China, I mean, in the context of this me- memorandum, given Italy guarantees on making its market more open? I mean, you know China very well, you've lived there. The Chinese market is notoriously protectionist, difficult to penetrate. I mean, the country tends to favor its own local champions quite blatantly vis-a-vis foreigners. So, so what guarantees have you got that trade barriers will be lowered? And also my concern is a lot of these Italian companies that want to export to China are very small. They're almost invisible, if you want, you know, compared to the very large local players that China has.
2: But that, that's exactly why we wanted to take this relationship more at a G2G, government-to-government level, uh, because uh, all the most of the Italian companies that export to China are indeed very small. Many don't even export to China, whilst the other countries' companies take Germany, mostly are big, large companies that export. So when we deal with small companies, the government needs to step in. Uh, for us, uh, signing this MOU already, brings Italy to a higher level in the perception, in the eyes of Chinese consumers. Uh, Again, I re-emphasize, this is a marketing tool Mm -hmm. for us. It's not a trade policy. So we do not expect uh, trade barriers to uh, decrease because this is done at European level. That's why we do need the coordination. The MOU is a promotion tool. And uh, when it comes to promotion, what we need to do is marketing. And marketing is the fact that uh, President Xi already came to Italy, came to my hometown Palermo, already Palermo in Sicily is very high in the search, uh, um, in the Baidu search, uh, uh, you know, the, the Chinese Google, the version of Google, uh, the national champion. Yes. Uh, it is very high. People are already looking at uh, holidays in Sicily, holiday in Italy. We're looking at cooperation to uh, maybe promote the production of movies in southern Italy, uh, agricultural product. We have you oranges. Sell oranges. We sell oranges. You know, the red oranges is, is something that is not very, it's not easily, misun- is easily misunderstood. It's not just a few boxes of oranges, but it's a perception of Italian healthy food, uh, Italian uh, juices and fruits that goes into China because uh, Chinese consumers are now demanding not just uh, tasty but healthy food and the perception of these red oranges which is also has yellow and red color which is very good in the eyes of Chinese um, Because they have all the tradition does uh, really have uh, a very very strong marketing value because now people want to go to see where these oranges are being produced uh, and uh, It's not just a few uh, boxes of oranges. That is the value of this deal.
1: Okay, but it's it's the the context and framework around it, as I as I understand it, let me just maybe um, move on to to. Um, uh, It's sort of an adjacent uh, issue. Um, Italy, as we know, has a very large public debt, and last year, because of market jitters, we saw lots of foreign investors selling Italian government debt. So has Italy promised to buy... uh, Sorry, has China promised to buy some Italian government debt? Is, Is this part of the discussions at all that you're having with Beijing?
2: Uh, Italian government debt, no, China has not promised. Uh, This MOU again has no obligation on either party, so no one can promise uh, anything. Uh, Italian public debt, uh, you know, the bond market is one of the most liquid bond markets in the world. Anyone can purchase them. Uh, China buys a lot of US government bonds. And um, they surely probably have some Italian bonds, they have other bonds of European countries. Uh, there is no promise, uh, but obviously we want to also diversify the ownership of our uh, debt. Um, but this is not the main goal of these, uh, of these MOU. Um, yield, as you know, have gone down since, uh, because I think uh, foreign investors have probably understood that this is a stable government uh, that we are doing, uh, uh, introducing uh, reforms, lowering tax, uh, uh, boosting uh, the economy uh, with also a plan of investment that uh, uh, I think gives, I've, I've met uh, many uh, former colleagues of mine in hedge funds and fund managing in both London and Wall Street. And uh, we also had an inflow of m into Italy, mm-hmm. uh, and this is in fact uh, this is maybe this is the uh, the interesting thing. We we have so much inflow that we want to protect those incoming M&A.
1: So you you're referring to investments, for instance, we had Vivendi buying stakes into Telecom Italia or Mediaset. I mean, is this, is this the sort of you know investments you have in mind when you talk uh, about and the the We also have
2: a high R, you know, white goods manufacturer buying candy. Uh, that uh, you know we need to be uh, careful about this. So you mentioned that there are foreign investors that sell assets, but indeed there are foreign investors that do buy physical assets.
1: I see. I see. Okay, again on that, I mean, one thing I saw mentioned around the time of the MOU was also this possibility of CDP, Casa Depositi e Prestiti, Italy's uh, state lender and investor to maybe issue panda bonds, so bonds uh, in uh, de- denominated in Remimbi and that would be a first uh, for, for, for CDP. I mean, is that project still ongoing? Because we, we heard about it, and then you know, it kind of looked like it had been halted. No,
2: this is ongoing, It's a, it's, a, it's been uh, discussed. Uh, the details will, you know, be negotiated uh, in the next, uh, in the future, but this is still ongoing. This is a tool. Again, uh, it is a, a positive step, but again, these are not the reasons why we did sign the uh, MOU. Um, they, you know, the issue of Panda Bonds, uh, uh, would be a boost it does tie the relationship but it is all part of a puzzle of initiative uh, that to bring and try to bring italian the perception of italy in the eyes of both chinese consumers and chinese uh, business uh, people to a higher level mm-hmm. and while this issue of pandemando may be non-numerically significant uh, it does have a very strong powerful uh, image effect
1: i see um, you spoke earlier in our conversation about, you know, e- the EU, the EU's attitude towards China. I just, you know, wanted to get a sense of your view on how the EU should uh, should deal with China. Um, I mean, can the EU be a sort of mediator between the U.S. and Beijing? and? Again, uh, you know, somebody feels that sometimes these, these initiatives like, like the one taken by Italy may, may, may somehow undermine, you know, this joint position. I mean, we discussed it before, but, you know, give me, give me your, um, you know, idea on how Europe really should, um, should deal with China. I mean, what should be the, the unified approach, you know, in, in trying to boost trade ties without having this predatory um, attitudes that sometimes we've seen somewhere else?
2: Uh, Europe does have a united position uh, vis-a-vis China when it comes to negotiation of trade uh, uh, policies. Uh, uh, When it comes to promotion we compete. That's what we said at the beginning. So there cannot be a European policy to promote trade. Um, There cannot be a European uh, common policy on ports. Uh, We want to develop our own ports Uh, And uh, uh, my colleagues from uh, Holland would not particularly like a diversion of traffic from Rotterdam to Trieste. So a common trade promotion activity at European level is very difficult to obtain because we compete with each other. We cannot uh, tease ourselves that uh, Europe can have a unified promotion policy. We can have a trade Um, policy on tariff and this is what uh, what we do. Um, I don't understand, for example, very few people maybe know that Luxembourg has already signed the MOU on the Belt and Road and Luxembourg is the country where the president of the EU, Jean-Claude Juncker, comes from and I believe that uh, he has been uh, raising very strong concerns against Italy signing this, Uh, but this Same concerns uh, I haven't heard him mentioning against uh, his own country. Mm. Uh, I don't know why. Mm. Uh, Is there a double standard approach? The fact that Italy may be a bigger economy than Luxembourg does not mean that the act of individual country is just as valuable as any others, because uh, uh, Europe is made up by 28 countries, each of them with equal dignity. Uh, this needs less to say. And so uh, it's not because Italy is a bigger country, it needs to be criticised more than a smaller country. Even because it's quite interesting that the same nationality the the President of the EU has, his own country signs, uh, and no one discusses it. Uh, Switzerland signing now, again, another small but very important country too. Luxembourg is a founding member of the EU. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on how do you define, how you narrow the definition. You can always isolate uh, one country and say, oh, Italy is the first uh, uh, you know, peninsula in the Mediterranean with two big islands, uh, starting with S, <laughs> that signs the MOU. Uh, G7, uh, Italy is not amongst the biggest the seven economies in the world. What is the G7?
1: group of most power? No, I mean
2: no, China is a G2 economy, it's not in the G7, right. so the G7 is also itself a uh, westernized, uh, obsolete uh, and uh, superseded by numbers uh, a group of people which is fine, we share same values but uh, founding members of the European Union have signed, other 13 members of the EU have signed, uh, Switzerland, big non-EU member but big economy has signed this MOU and again this is not a treaty There is no need to cooperate or coordinate the European Union. Everyone does its own trade promotion activity.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, we're we're getting towards the end of our conversation. I just wanted to get your thoughts on... uh, let's say global trade in general I mean it's been a difficult two years for global trade as you know big tensions between the US and China which have also translated in tensions between the US and Europe as you know Um, how do do you see this developing I mean there's a sense that maybe the US and China may come to an agreement and that the sort of the tension is easing I mean what what is your view on what's happening on the global trade um, uh, arena at the moment?
2: I am I'm, um, I'm generally very positive. I do always see that these trade tensions are just uh, negotiating tools, uh, tactical negotiating tools uh, to extract some concession. But I I never believe that neither China or the US wanted to go back to a trade relationship with 20 25% uh, tariffs on import and exports. So I do see signals that this tension is being uh, is is, go- is coming down um, and uh, it, in a way global trade uh, I don't think it's negatively affected by these trade tensions. It's uh, uh, naturally going down because the effect of globalizations now are not as big as they used to be in the 90s when markets were closed. You know, the marginal value of trading f- more now, with economies that are very well open global value chains, uh, is naturally diminishing. So I would not read too much negative uh, into headlines, uh, trade volume not growing as high as before, because it's a natural flattening of, uh, of the curve. If anything, I may add that Italy, uh, it Italy signing this MOU gives China uh, a, a bargaining tool vis-a-vis the US. Like you mentioned, I think you hinted at the beginning, China can claim some kind of victory, and that victory can be put on the table of the negotiation with the US. And so I think the US would uh, should look at our signing as a bargaining chip that we do offer to the United States, not against. So they can it's extract more. Explain this a little
1: bit better, because, because people think you know that by signing you're actually playing in, let's say, China's favor. You when, know?
2: But even if it's true, then China would have to return the favor.
1: Okay. Well, Michele Geraci, thank you so much again for joining us on the exchange and discussing uh, your views on China, on this important memorandum which Italy just signed. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Hope to have you again on the program.
0: Thank you very much. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Parametric Equity Premium Income ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find institutional expertise from a specialized team with deep derivatives experience. Get to know what's inside PAPI, the symbol of alternative income, at eatonvance.comslash symbols.